Welcome to Skika Uncover. This is a podcast where we are going to be speaking to African artists and learning their stories. Our aim is to uncover the truths and the lies behind building a livelihood and impacting the lives of others through their art. I'm super, super excited. I am going to be speaking to Brian Adagala. He is a filmmaker, a photographer, a videographer. On his Instagram, if you go check it out, he's also Mhenga Flani. But he is the founder of an incredible company called Paragon Time Labs. How are you doing, Brian? I'm doing so well. That introduction. Now, what should I do after that? Such an intro. You keep working. Table <laughs> <laughs> city Actually, I forgot something in the introduction. It's Brian with a Y. That's that's very important. You're making me sound like those people for Alliance. Oh yeah, yeah. Lend Alliance. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you it's doing? It's a nice chilly Saturday morning. I'm good. I'm good. It's I'm a nice happy. chilly Saturday morning. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Prison chain. Exactly. It's the theme for today. Now, welcome to our podcast and thank you so much for saying yes to doing this. You're a pretty busy guy. I was Googling you when we were doing our list of people that we want to host and we're talking to and I was just like, hey, when do you rest? When do you breathe? <laughs> but I want, to, I want us to start at the beginning. I want to know your origin story, um, specifically when it comes to the camera. When it comes to the camera. Um, when did you first interact with a camera? Was it... Were you already interested or was it like, haha, by mistake? And then you're like, I think I like this. <laughs> I think it's the second option. The more. second one. <laughs> well, uh, my, 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 my history with the camera is rather interesting. Um, I started it uh, when I was still in school. The interest sparked when I was still in school. I was doing computer science. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to develop games for learning. Oh, cool. Or just games in general. Yes. So uh, then when I went and studied the process of game making, I noticed it's almost similar to film. And from my previous, my childhood growing up, I'd been very heavily exposed to computers and, you know, movies. My mom's way of keeping us in the house was to buy us a ton of Home Alone DVDs and cassettes <laughs> to keep us inside the yeah. house. So yeah, that's how the interest started developing in film. Okay. So I knew I wanted to do something in film, but I knew I did not want to be in front of the camera like I am at the moment. Right. <laughs> Just avoid this as much as humanly as possible. As much as humanly possible. But see, see my life, see. Anyway, so that's where the interest was, but I did not know I was interested in film. Mm. So coming to the University of Nairobi, I met my business partner now. Yeah. He was a photographer at the time, so he was taking pictures on his phone. Right. And you know, he was super uber passionate about it. You know, every time and every now and then in, in class, everywhere was like, guys, pose for a picture, pose for a picture, this and that. Then I was like, why, why, what's this guy up to? So I got interested. Okay. So and then he now started teaching me, and then slowly the interest sparked. Uh -huh. But then I did nothing about it. So when we were doing our, I think, second year projects where we were now making games now for actually now making video games right. like I wanted to make, that's now when I saw how important now photography would be for the kind of project we were doing. Uh -huh. Because we needed to get like sample data from the field and things like that so that we can translate it and make it make sense. So... Slowly the interest started developing and then I realized I'm not more of a still kind of stills kind of guys, I'm yeah. more of the motion kind of yes, person. Yes, yes. So and then coincidentally at that time we were we were room we were we were four roommates in one a one bedroom apartment <laughs> on Gong Road. <laughs> Real tight and squeezed. Yeah. Two guys in the living room, two guys in the bedroom. That's how it starts, Puff. man. Yeah. And then 
three of us were into art. Okay. One of us was just into now whatever we were doing at school. Okay. So the other third guy was doing music production. Mm-hmm. So there was constant uh, flow of artists in and out of our house because the house was the studio. Yes. So what happened was <clears throat> now the artists need music videos mm-hmm. because they've made songs. Yes. So I remember it was during that period of ciphers where people were producing a lot of ciphers. Kinoctopizo were coming of age. Kavmula yes. was also coming of age with the two five flows and things yes. like that. Calligraph was also doing his thing at the time. It was around 2012, 2013, that period. Uh-huh. So they were also in the same kind of um, uh, demographic or dispensation these characters are mentioning. So he was also a music producer producing for a hip-hop group. And then, you know, I was like, but I can do for you guys uh, the cypher videos I am seeing. These are the guys do for themselves. Right. So that's how I got on board now. That's how I held my first camera. So one of the rappers there, one of the rappers there was... um, was a photographer. Uh-huh. So he had a Canon 6D. Fantastic. So that was the first camera now that I shot with my, my first ever film A project. full music video. Yeah, it was a whole full music video. It was a cipher. And then I remember we shot with a, a security light. You know, we, <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't hire, we couldn't hire um, lighting, sound, lighting no? and stuff mm-hmm. like, because we didn't know where to start. Yeah. So one friend of ours told us, you know, my mom has a security light back at home. I can come with it. We use it. We're like, cool. Bring it. These solar ones are standalone. They're really bright ones. They're really bright. And it was the orange one. You know, when you oh. put, pointed, you see like how nice and subtle this is. That one was, it started becoming hot inside here. Even this fabric could start burning. Yeah, 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 yes. Wow. But yeah, that's where we started from. And then slowly we started building from there. So I did a ton of music videos all the way to around 2018. That's when now I met some guys who were, tra- were doing travel. Okay. And then they approached me with the idea that, you know, we want to do, we want to do vlogs. Uh-huh. And then at that time, I'd moved into a filmmaker now because I'd done a couple of a series of short films. I'd done my music video projects. I'd also done my own documentaries in between. So I, I somehow knew what I was doing. So I, when this travel guy said they wanted to do vlogs, I was like, let's be extra. Let's not do vlogs. Let's call them vlogumentaries. Yes. Because you, you're storytellers. Let's, let's add something to it. And we have so many incredible travel documentarists now yes. here in the 254. Yeah. But I'm like, well, <laughs> that's so much pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Claim it. But... But I can say at that time, yeah, there was even Sharon Mashira was also doing uh, travel oh, vlogs at the time, yeah. Uh-huh. And then those who else who we were looking up to was work. Well, yeah, it was locally, it was actually Sharon because she was working with some guys called Backdrop. Yes, those I know. Backdrop getting a free shout out. Yeah. Yes. Because, you know, we'd look at Backdrop, what they're doing and look at what we want to do. You're like, okay, cool. Uh, these, yeah. guys, these guys are far ahead. Yeah, they've set a, a standard. So <clears throat> yeah, we they've know set a standard. where to aim for. Yeah. And then, you know, at that time, I would be inspired by people like you know, Sam Calder. Sam Calder were now creators from outside. Yes. And, you know, Sam Calder's work was purely editorial. And then now the person who now actually fit my style perfectly was a filmmaker called Dan Mess uh-huh. from South Africa. We even collaborated with him on some projects. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So Dan, Dan was the one whose style resonated the most with myself. So my mm. work kind of, if you look at Dan's work and my work, kind of almost looks alike. The same, yeah. Yeah, but there's a difference here and there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Different influences. You're from different countries. Of course, yeah. yeah. Nice. Mm. So what I've heard, which I think is amazing, is all of this started with a borrowed camera. It was not even yours. Yeah, it's a with a borrowed camera. Yeah. So for anyone who wants to do it, don't be scared. Kama hauna, kuna, kuna, 
moja kwa hapo karibu so when did you get your own camera Oh my own camera <laughs> I got it as recently as 2019 Nice yeah, That's the first ever. but my first first camera my was a photography camera Okay the one that I ran with the longest I got it uh, my the first time in around 2014 Ah yeah. Did I, you buy it from somebody you knew did you like save up go to the store what was that journey So what happened was I remember a friend of ours was working with an organization that wanted to do a happy video Okay. It was during that period where you see like Safaricom was doing the Pharrell's happy dance video and things uh-huh. like that. So we had done some some of these funny skits with her. She was a neighbor of ours. Okay. So she <clears throat> then told her boss that, you know, I know some guys who can actually do this kind of stuff for us. Right. Why can't you test them out? I knew the, the boss was British. He was outgoing. He was doing things not normal, normally. Yeah, so he was happy to hear about like, some yeah, new. Yeah, bring the, ask them to come over to my office. And you know, us guys at that time had never pitched for any film project. We'd never done anything. We were just learning at that time. So my friend and I just put up some haphazard Microsoft, Microsoft PowerPoint. <laughs> presentation together yeah the small small things we've done and then there's something we showed the previous day just to show for that particular meeting and then we go That's present so smart yeah i love that add to the portfolio then they don't know that it was made yesterday yeah they don't know that it was made yesterday <laughs> we even made a storyboard so we had our portfolio that we made yesterday a storyboard <laughs> that we had made for them to show them how we'll oh, approach it i love it. this all that thing all that stuff we had done so okay. we, we went into the meeting with our You know we know this is the pitch for the century and you actually got it. Nice. You actually got it. So the guy paid us and then we did the, the we did the happy video for the organization. They loved the output and now it gave us the second job now. Uh-huh. Now this second job is the one now that bought for me my second camera, my first camera now. Okay. Yes. It was a Nikon D5200 at that time. So I remember we were paid our, our down payment to now start work because they'd given us a second job that was now out of town. Okay. We were supposed to go start documenting a certain project that was happening somewhere in Lodwa. Oh, in nice. Kapese. Yeah, somewhere in the heart of Turkana. So, you know, from just having a pitch that was put together the yesterday doing the happy videos to now filming something documenting something in Turkana. Yes. And I was like, why has this man trusted us so much? But anyway, we are here. Let's well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go it. So keep doing it until he changes his mind yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, at that time we we know nothing about taxation, we know nothing about how to quote, we know. You know, we are students. Yeah. The only thing we, we know uh, is uh, our technique our expertise in doing the work itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when it comes to now the money side of the business, we know nothing. But the boss was gracious enough. I should even shout out to him. He was gracious enough to hold our hands throughout the entire process, especially now when we were doing the second long-term project. Oh. Because that's now when we knew about down payments. That's ah. when we knew about uh, withholding tax. So he would ask you and like tell you find out about this. Yes, find out about this. Make sure you have this. Yes. Yeah. So he'd he'd literally handhold us through the entire process. What? That's as somebody who's paying you. That's Yes, as a client. Yes. What's his name? It was diabolical. Should I should I mention him? Mention him. Give him his flowers. Andrew Hatch. Yeah, receive your flowers. Yeah. He was the boss at that time for that organization. Yes. What? He actually handheld us. He actually taught us business before we even knew business. No, yeah. No, that's really nice because usually with young people it's always stories of being taken advantage of as mm-hmm. opposed to this other side. Yeah, I have actually very minimal stories of being taken advantage of in the industry. <laughs> Courtesy of Andrew. Because Andrew would handhold as you tell us you know you, you already know how much you could bill. Yeah. Like you know when he was telling us to invoice or quote for a job, mm. he would ask us justify this line. 
Why, why, why are you billing me for this? So you go back and ask yourself, so why am I actually having this item inside this quotation? Yes. You see, then slowly over time, we now came to understand our service. We, we now understood what needs to be inside the quote, what does not, what, what should not be in the quote, what the tax should be. You know, apart from now that, now also you, you know how to remunerate re- re- yourself. Yes. As, as the person who's getting the job done. As the, the person doing done. the work. Yeah, because yeah, you have to pay for the equipment you've rented, pay exactly. for time, anyone yeah. else that you hire, plus pay yourself yeah. when you're doing this. Exactly. Exactly. So wow. know how to separate those costs. So slowly we learned that. So the down payment he gave me for that job in 2014 for the job we were going to do in Trukana was the one that bought me my first camera. I remember I went and took all that money to some shop in town called Universal Gift Center. Yes. <laughs> guys are getting shout outs for free here. Yeah. <laughs> But I took it to those guys. Those guys know me well now. Took, we took that 70,000 there and paid all of it, not even thinking about how to get back home. Right. So it's my business partner who paid for my fare back. Oh, shout so, out. So I remember, I remember, yeah, I spent all my money on that kit lens. It was an 18 to 55 mm and a Nikon D5200. It must have felt like a child. Oh, yeah. Like, you should have seen me taking it back home. <laughs> Walking like this. Yeah, it's like you're carrying one million bob. You don't want yeah, anyone to look at you. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you have, you, you've carried so many things inside the bag. You've, trying to hide it so that nobody yes, sees it. Yes, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that was the, my first camera now that I bought now with my own money now. That's so incredible. Yeah. If you were to advise a young videographer who's starting out, mm. um, who doesn't know how to price themselves, who do, they know how to shoot, mm-hmm. they know how to edit, they know how to give you a great final production. That part that part is fine. Mm-hmm. This other side, maybe they've never even done. They've only done school projects. Mm-hmm. What are the traits that you saw in now Mr. Andrew to help them like figure out who's going to be a good boss and who's likely to take you for a ride? Hmm. It's it's all about your personality now and your people's skills. That's okay. what I learned from Andrew. Andrew, you, if he was, you know, he was a CEO of the organization. Mm-hmm. Everything he would do for that organization was not the normal. Uh, he already had that trait. Yes, he already had that trait already in him. So that's how we also linked up because even me also, I'm also not the kind of normal yeah, <laughs> kind of yeah. artist you'll get because I went somewhere, I was talking about taxes and somebody was asking, uh, I've never heard an artist talk about taxes. What's wrong with you? Where is this coming from? <laughs> Where is this coming from? It's because now that kind of background that Andrew gave us. So the one thing that Andrew taught us the most that now wouldn't, Let me talk about myself. That makes me, because now I'm a director of my own organization. Yes. That makes me the director I am for my own organization is breaking down stuff, bre- breaking down a problem. Uh-huh. The smaller the, the breakdown, the better, the understanding about the problem. Right. And that also is also a concept I also learned in school also, because in school you're, you're, you're taught problem solving. Yes. And for you to solve a problem, you have to break it down to its most basic form. So also Andrew enforced that now when you are now in the job market. Yes. So... If you are able to break down a problem, you are able to break down even a personality, you are, nothing is limited for you. That is how you even know how to even price because mm. you're able, you see, you said there's a creative who knows how to 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 to, to, to shoot, to yes. edit, yes. And do everything technical. Right. But they just haven't figured out the money. Yes. Now that means is you've not even figured out your own process because if you figure out your own process, you will be able to break it down. You will know in editing, maybe I ingest software. When I'm ingesting software, Sorry, material. Yes. Uh, I'm ingesting through a software. Yes. That software, maybe I pay for it as a service. Yeah. So what's the subscription fee? Yes. 
that I'm paying for maybe in a month exactly. for the service. So if that's the amount I'm paying for in a month, how many clients do I get of this nature in that month? So you can distribute now the the the, the, the uh, subscription, the subscription across there. Yeah. yeah. So that's in the code for editing, it. that's yes. what that number would be. Yeah. So you can say maybe there's color correction. So I use maybe DaVinci Resolve for color correction. Mm-hmm. Maybe the license is maybe $100 for color correction. Yes. And maybe I have 10 clients in a in a, in a month. So kila mtu $10. So $10. Yes. And you have your $100 for DaVinci. Yes. You add it on your budget line for quoting for post-production. And it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and you keep building from there. I read somewhere when you know your problem or when you break down your problem, you're mm-hmm. already so much closer to getting the solution. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Because you need to know where is the hiccups mm-hmm. and then you can figure out the rest. Yes. Wow, shout out shout out to you Mr. Andrew. Yeah. It was very very <laughs> nice of you to be able to do that for them. Mm-hmm. So then um you start doing gigs and projects and now you figured out how do i price how do i cost but you have a business partner mm-hmm. how did you guys meet and then at what point did you decide you were going to start um, paragon together well my business partner and i met in a very the most interesting of circumstances okay we were actually enrolling as uh, students in the University of Nairobi at that time. Oh, so we that had, is a while back. Yeah, that's a while back. That's around 2010. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember we were on the queue for the student ID. Mm. And he wanted he wanted to, like, we were all waiting for our IDs. We were all, then all of a sudden there was a conversation about money. So people were talking about, you know, the course we are about to start doing, the kind of jobs that lay ahead. You know, guys were already money-minded on the get-go. Students. I was like, Students. Oh, it's okay. It's these okay. guys, these guys are talking about money. Let me scooch over let me, here. Let me, let me understand. Yeah. So, what, so what's, what's, <laughs> uh, what's up? So we have continued having the conversation. Then there's just three dudes who I really resonated with. Yeah. And he happened to be one of the three dudes. Okay. Those are the guys who now we were roommates with now in campus. Oh. So from having that money conversation on the student ID line to now becoming roommates, to now seeing potential business opportunities that are there to now actually becoming business partners now mm-hmm. and the funny thing is we were actually out of the four guys we were the most we were the most antagonistic i was not i really didn't <laughs> like him <laughs> and he knows you were the <laughs> two who argue in the friend yes. friend group oh yes. these guys never see it why we're going to be here all day <laughs> we were like water and oil we were never meeting but funny thing is we are now the ones who are we are now the ones who are um, uh, doing the business together So um did you pick him knowing that sometimes you guys argue a lot and maybe you knew this is the one person who will let me get away with nonsense or at least is the one person that I know will challenge me all through so it's probably going to be a success or that was subconscious it was subconscious i don't think it was intentional but the only intentional thing i knew is i knew he was a good photographer okay and what i was thinking at that time i knew i needed him so yeah. that was, <laughs> that was <laughs> you're like this company has to make sense so i yeah. have videography down pat yeah. but most people want photographs as well yeah. so <laughs> and then to... i also needed him to to learn because he knew the craft better than myself aha so he would tell me he would tell me who's who the photographers now that is what i i needed him for at the time okay <laughs> a good networker also yeah he was also I a good see. networker so he knew He, he, he you know at that time we were doing things like insta meets yes so there were those insta meets were being organized by people like kina asif khan and uh, kina truth slinger mutoma yes, peka that time yes. so he knew these people made him know them because me I, I, I think you were 
crap about photography. <laughs> so, <laughs> so those guys were already miles ahead. They already knew. And also in, in that circle of people, mm-hmm. there were people also knew film. And I needed to know film from them first hand. This is what you learn from watching YouTube. Yeah, true. And this is what you learn from first hand encounters. So I wanted to learn first hand. So that's how I got in. Okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> um, now you've been in the industry. Well, you met him about 20 years ago. Mm. And now you've been in the industry for 10, 12, 12 plus years? Yeah, around 10 years now. Um, yeah. And I want to know... How would you, I know you liked the intro at the beginning, but how would you now describe yourself if you meet somebody who maybe you know would be interested in working with Paragon but wants to hear a sentence from you of who is Brian Adagala as an artist? Right now, I'd call myself a storyteller to simplify it, Mm -hmm. but I do a lot of things. Yeah. And what I'm trying to access towards right now at the moment is becoming a producer. Oh, nice. I realized, you see, we, we, we are in a gig-based economy. Yes. And the film, short films I was being called to and the music videos I was being called to and the small documentary sets I was being called to, those are the gigs. Yes. Now, if we only have one producer, that means there's only a, a certain num- number of gigs that can be there. That happen at any one time. Yeah, That's at, true. At one given time. Yeah. But if there's multiple producers... That means we can have multiple gigs happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. So we can turn this thing to something like a factory manufacturing yes, sort of thing. Yes, yes. So imagine if we have like one of these key cassettes is happening here, another one like is happening somewhere in Nairobi. We have like a hundred of them across the board with different producers happening. Epic. Yeah, you see like how you have a crew here that's already here yes. being employed. There's other crews on other hundred sets being employed. Elsewhere, yeah. Yeah. So now I'm asking, I'm, I'm moving towards that side now. I want to become a producer. I want to add more gigs in the market now through All my own kind of that. passion projects, yes. The other day I was actually asking myself what is a producer? Because I've worked in the media and to all the producers I've worked with, I'm so sorry, but I'm <laughs> going to speak the truth. Um, there was a lot of carrying of cables, calling the guests, calling the hosts, checking if you're finished with makeup. Um, uh, what is it? Checking in with the cameraman, which I thought, okay, yeah, that seems like it's in your scope of work. But there was a lot of things that I was like, is this really within the scope? They would be the ones to make sure transport is there or transport is not there. They're the ones who send the emails to make sure you can enter the premises and all of that. And it was... It seemed like a lot. And and most of the time in media houses, just like what you've described, a producer won't have one show, right? Yeah, You'll have numerous shows mm-hmm. under you. And same for radio as yeah. well. Yes, yeah. Um, you can have several shows that you produce, some, mm-hmm. some on weekdays, some on the weekends, on different time slots and what have you. Mm-hmm. So with a proper how you understand storytelling and filmmaking, what is a producer? What's the definition? If somebody's growing up and they want to be an executive producer, what should they actually be doing? Now, if you say executive producer, that's the money person. Okay, that's why all these actors are... Okay, that's... Yes, uh but we'll come uh to that uh one now. Now, the producer that you've described is actually a project manager. Okay. From how I understand film. So, um, each film you are trying to produce is a project. Yes. And you need a project manager. Right. Now, the project manager is now the one who knows the personnel you will need. Right. The time frame you will need to do that project. Uh, the budget or the costing for that project. Mm-hmm. And everything that project needs. It's the producer's task. So the producer will be even in charge of hiring the director. The producer okay. will even hire every crew that is important, even the talent, or maybe the casting agency that will bring in the talent. The, yes. So that's the producer's job. So the producer starts with the job 
with the project from inception maybe it's a project that came from a writer mm. so the producer will be called in the, as the first person, person. yeah they're called the above the line crew members so they'll be called in as the first person now to start putting together the team yeah because now after working in the industry for 10 years i already know who can do lighting a certain way yes i already know who can lens for me a certain way yes i already know who can cut a certain way i already know who can act a certain way so you you know you have like this bank this knowledge base yeah of Uh, talent and uh, resources you can tap into that that can make maybe a production happen so that's pretty much i see the role of a producer a producer's job is just to make things happen okay yeah. and so now the executive producer brings the money now the executive producer is now like the investor okay to now fund this madness that we are trying to accomplish which also means that when it makes money Yeah. the project itself then they they're like a shareholder they so they would yes. also get yeah. um paid from the funds yes that explains so much because i was like okay all these actors now are becoming executive well in in the uk and in the us yeah um where established actors are becoming executive producers mm-hmm. and you know creating their own production companies and i was like yeah it makes sense for you to want to control this other side as well because mm-hmm. as an actor you're given the script yes. and the director tells you no 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 i want you to do it like this no no mm-hmm. no no i want you to do it. no take that again mm-hmm. but if you're on this other side you get to control more of the exactly. storytelling yes. and if you're the money person then it's even more control yeah Okay, yeah. I've understood. Yeah. I'm learning, guys. I'm learning. Because there's even there's even uh, a Hollywood uh, cinematographer I love called Roger Dickens who says um you know the job of uh, the uh, when you're on set for example as a cinematographer mm-hmm. you've been hired you're an employee. Yes. Well, you can you can suggest your ideas. Right. But you well they can be ignored. Yes. But now when you're the producer, you know you're the one suggesting the ideas. And everyone has to listen. Yeah. <laughs> And everyone will listen to you. So most of these Hollywood guys like you've said the established one is because they've already made their money their money is yeah. sitting right now yeah, yeah. so that's why you're seeing people like you know, Idris now becoming directors and executive producers yes. because now they've they've, they've learned the game they've yeah. known what to do now yeah, yeah like so. i think um Reese Witherspoon was a great yes. example for people because she started um, Sunshine or Little Sunshine something that's what the production company was called yes. and yeah. she sold it recently um for millions and millions of dollars if i'm not wrong mm-hmm. and she was a great example of yeah, yeah i can work and i've been an actress and i'm at home with my kids now but she started this company Chinyamanji doing a lot of like women led productions and they were doing so well yeah. uh-huh. and still doing ads and still doing and still doing and she's built Like we all blinked and suddenly there was this company that had such a huge net worth and Reese Witherspoon is like legally blonde still in her house chilling and pick <laughs> roles as she wants to yeah. and i thought it was great and it's a, it's an awesome example because that's the direction you're headed in you've yeah, created your own company mm-hmm. you now want to be production full time mm-hmm. and also not just production full time if what i've understood from what you've said you want to create many producers you'll be one yes and then, and then there'll be yeah other many producers. others yes. exactly and yeah. a factory line yeah, now factory line. and you know film is so diverse film is so wide yeah. film has so many departments you can just have a company that deals with grips and lighting only you can yeah only you can have a company that only deals with sound You can only have a company that only deals with talent that only just casts. You can have a company that only does production design like how we having a beautiful set inside here. Yeah. It's even like if you look at Nigerian music videos there's a lady who does most of their sets. Yes. She has a whole line flow of workers, carpenters, drivers, everything, the yeah. entire shebang just to make a music video set. Right. Yeah, and it's thriving. So we just need to think instead of 
thinking of uh, I need to be a casting director the entire time because our industry is so young. We need to convert you as a casting director. Need to convert your role to a, an organization. Yes. And then hire people in that organization. Right. Who can be casting directors? Who can go to various productions and help out? Because every casting director has their perspective. You see, like for example, Nini Washera. I think Nini 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 is the most known casting yes. director in town. Yes, she is. She also has a way. She also has the kind of films she casts for. Yeah. Because we have a wide genre, a wide pool of That's movies. That's very true. Yeah. yeah. Because the most most of the things we've just tapped into at the moment is mostly drama. Yeah. And uh, romance. Yes. What 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 about action? This yeah. is Victor that when you are now producing action. Action. What about uh, comedy? Mm-hmm. What about uh, things like human-centered stories? Yes. What about uh, thrillers? Uh, you know. The cake is, is white. Yeah, that's so true. The playing and field is white. From an African perspective, that doesn't really exist yet. I yeah. mean, um, Nollywood has really tried. Nollywood is actually there. Um, and they have, they, I mean, I hear at Nollywood, you can do like a hundred films. These guys just, they'd be chopping them out as much as possible, mm-hmm. which is what they did in America and in the UK when the yeah. industries were young yeah. so that you can understand how to do things and production is getting faster and better. Mm-hmm. But I love what you said because I wanted to speak to parents directly. <laughs> From what Brian Adagala has said, please understand, if your child wants to go into any realm of film, there's a possibility of them creating their own business and their own company yeah. and hiring other people. Yes, they yeah. can even be legal, legal practitioners in the, in of the film. just film. Just film, yeah, IP stuff. And there's so much work in just yeah. that. You can have a law, whole law firm that only Deals does in IP. that work. Yeah. Oh, I'm inspired, guys. <laughs> I'm so inspired. Even, even, even in just, for example, uh, there's a, a distributor, I was a publisher actually, I was working with, he's South African. Yeah. There's things, for example, when you use music in your, in your, in your work, mm-hmm. there's those synchronization licenses you need and all that. Yes. You know, there's legal people who just need to handle that. You can find those synchronization licenses and policies just for your film. Wow. Yeah. Hey, okay. okay. <laughs> it's so diverse. So it's very, very diverse. Yeah. I want to know from you, um, you described yourself as a storyteller, which I love. We need so many more African storytellers. Do you have lies that you were told about who you were? So when you were starting out, you had a business partner who was your long-term friend, which was epic. You happened to get a great boss who was able to guide you and not try fox you guys. But in the rest of the industry and dealing with everybody else, um, actors, we usually are told you can be typecast. In the production world, are there lies other people try to justify or other people try to show you, no, 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 you're not this, you're this. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's always those people who want to tell you do this and do that. But now my type of, my type of uh, lie or fallacy that was there was exposure, being paid in exposure. <laughs> I feel like, yes, being paid in exposure is not fun. Right. But you actually need exposure because you've never done it. So, right. so how, do you know, how do you know that this is a 24 to 70mm lens if you, unless you've seen it? In you've the never film. used it. You've never yes. used it. So exposure is a good thing. But that, that does not mean producers... You're not supposed <laughs> to take advantage of the crew now. Mm. Pay, their, pay people their dues if you can pay them. Yeah. And when, they, when their dues are due. But you need exposure. Yeah. So people used to, you know, people used to say, you know, you can't pay us in exposure. You can't pay because that's where people were coming from at that time. Yeah. There's even something an actor, you know, said, you know, your mentor has something to do with how you perceive the industry. Because, True. Yeah. 
if your mentor came from a scarcity mindset, yeah. you will also be thinking in terms the of scarcity. The same thing, yeah. yeah. But if your mentor came from a very totally different mindset, you will also have a different mindset. So uh, most of the people we found at the time were like, you know, they had been stiffed, they had been shafted. They had, you know, you go and say it, you do something and your money is, you don't see your money coming. Yeah. Which sucks. Of course. Uh, which sucks. You know, I, I don't want to be those producers who stiff people off of their money. Yeah, but yeah. That exposure is actually good. Because for me, I've actually played all, almost all the roles on set. I've even acted. Mm. That's why I know how, what can be done in yeah. the film space. Yeah. I've been an assistant director. I've been uh, a director. I've directed my own stuff. Mm -hmm. I've been even an executive producer in some sets. I've right. been a producer in some sets. I've been a writer. I've, I've acted in some. So being uh, like a utility player on set has helped me appreciate the different roles everyone plays on set. Yeah. And the most underappreciated role that I think we need because everyone wants to be a cinematographer or a director. Yes. But nobody wants to be a production designer. That's mm. why I shout out to somebody like Tash who's doing this stuff. Yes. Keep at it. Because that's the gap that is existing in the market right now. Very true. And if you can make something look the way the person who's who created it made it to look or maybe even better yep. then you're the reason the film whatever project it is is a success yeah yeah because yes. it looked the way it was supposed to look yeah it, together it, with the lighting it, person it created and everything. the world exactly yeah. because oh. this is a world we are creating this is the world that exists for skika now exactly you see yeah so if the world is not as exciting mm. why, why should be there should we be there watching but if the world is as exciting you're like okay cool that looks interesting. So yeah. I, yeah. I think I need to watch that. Okay, okay. Yeah. So we've talked about people being skirted and played and how it's terrible to have that culture in the industry. I want you to tell us a story of a time you got played. <laughs> you want me, yeah? You want me to choma? Choma, choma. choma. <laughs> you don't have to mention names, but me, I'm always like, mention them. Mention them. Let them not get away with it. <laughs> well... I don't think I've ever gotten played played in the game because I've always been very self-aware. Okay. Uh, I just had somebody skip out with my dues. That's the, I think that's the worst that has happened with, to me. Okay, okay. And it was it was a, it was a small uh, balance that was left of around ten thousand shillings. Okay. But now you know there's many of those that have happened. So right. If, if you they put add them up. together, yeah, they <laughs> add up. But yeah, it's been mostly such kind of small cases where somebody you know somebody pays for the service mm -hmm. and then they don't finish up on payment. So I can't really say I've been stiffed yet, okay. but yeah, I've never been given that, that exposure itself. But I think the closest lesson I ever had is a client told me to my face, your, your work sucks. Yeah. I think. So you've done everything yeah, and now you everything. were sending yeah. the final piece. The final, uh, the final output and the client is like, your work sucks. <laughs> ah. And you know how this is a labor of love, yeah. and how you, you you emotionally invest into the product so that it be what it is. As in, even if you paid that one, it's on your mind for a minute. Yeah, like, is it still there? <laughs> yeah, okay. they paid yes, but you know, I, it stuck to me. It stuck to me. But then at the, at the end of the day, I realized no hard feelings. Mm. When they say your product sucks, you need to find out what what makes it suck. Yeah, yeah. What was the issue? Yeah, what was the issue? So nowadays, I take time to see what, what are the points that suck in my product, and what can I do to make it work okay yeah i want us to head on over to social media um i really like the way you're doing your page and Thank i you. scrolled a bit of far back so i saw quite mm -hmm. a change and a difference there's a point you just started posting only video content yeah and being very intentional about posting what um your company paragon was doing mm -hmm. um and i also noticed that with one particular production i think it's banter yeah um, all your captions are in Kiswahili. 
Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't understand, like, go translate. What a deal. <laughs> yes. Um, and I thought that was really cool and very interesting. And so I wanted to understand your approach to social media. Why did you choose to do things the way you're doing them on your page? So banter was an experiment. Okay. So a friend. What's that fantastic show. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's actually still running right now. Yeah, yeah. But my point of joining it at that time was an experiment on my end. Mm-hmm. So I'd I'd done all these things. I'd run a client project, a documentary where I'd produced the entire thing. I'd, I was like, I think now I can produce a show. Yeah. Let me try something different. And you know, um, the reason I tried out banter is because the actor, the actor, the host who was doing banter at that time was a close friend of mine. Uh, yes. So one day I just go visit him at his place, and then he plays what he had just filmed, and which which was actually episode one. So I look at the episode, I'm like, oh, dude, you have something here. Mm. Then I'm like, okay, cool. Let me just come on board to produce for a certain limited amount of time. <laughs> I bring input X, Y, and Z if it's okay with you. Okay. And he was like, yeah, cool. He was willing to experiment. I was like, cool. Then we started working. So slowly, I, he, he, he defines his niche. You know, he's really comfortable when he speaks in Sheng, yeah. when he mixes the languages. Right. So I was like, you know what? We are going to make this show about the host and not the guests. Uh-huh. So try and get the guests to your level by how yes. you lead the conversation. Yes. So that was how we, were, we went about it. And then even us guys now, when we were doing our marketing strategy, <coughs> sorry, strategy for the show, mm-hmm. We were mm-hmm. like, you know what? We are going to follow suit. We are not going to deviate from the original spirit of the show. Yeah. So what what I was thinking what 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 I was thinking at the time was, you know, I used to be known for writing my captions. If you read my Instagram captions, they are silly <laughs> as hell. <laughs> if you go further down. Yes. So I was like, why not bring back the silliness, but now put it in this context. Right. So it was a mix of everything. It was a mix of what I would perceive because I was the one who was also editing the show and distributing the show at the same time. Oh, wow. Yeah. So learning, producing by fire. Yeah. So in the process of doing it, I started now learning, okay, this the audience is defining itself. This is how we should do it, do go about it. And then I had uh, actually, he's actually even studying marketing right now. Oh, good. Yes. And he's never, he's never marketed any film product. So I gave him an app, a, a strategy. I told him, dude, create for us a marketing strategy where we can have these reels out there yes. and we get to our audience or demographic uh, based on how you see it. And this kid goes out, he's actually Gen Z, goes out, he's still in school learning marketing, uh-huh. goes out, figures it out and comes back and get, tells me, yo, dude, we can do X, Y, and Z. This is the host of the show. Not the host of the show oh. now. Now the people now are sitting behind, including behind the, the show. Wow. So the host himself had the unique thing about how he spoke. Yes, yes. And how he excited some, there was some level of excitement he would bring out of his guests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which attracted People me to the show. People look so happy yeah. on that set. And <laughs> they toboa so much. He makes them so comfortable. I don't even think they're aware how much they've shared. They're sharing but so much. But it's really, really awesome. I really enjoyed yeah. um, watching it. And I'm really looking forward to more episodes. And congrats to you guys on that. Because yeah, I think it's fantastic. Yes. Um, are the reels on TikTok as well? Yeah, they're on TikTok. Now okay, on good. his page, yeah. Yeah, good. They so, have to be. Yeah, so everything we were doing is we were, we were doing the experiment based on your stuff. Yes. So the reason for the experiment was because, you know, we call ourselves the hard drive filmmakers. Mm-hmm. Most, of, most of these Nairobi filmmakers I know have really dope shows, but they're on their hard drives. Yeah. So even him, <laughs> I found his show on the hard drive. 
dry filmmakers. Yeah. They're being called out. <laughs> so guys just need to get out there and post it. You know, being perfect. Like we were having a offset of off the record conversation of, you know, trying to be become a perfectionist and stuff like yes, that. Yes, yes. Just like to hell with being perfectionist. Just go for it. Let that out of focus shot fly. Let yeah. that jump cut fly. Yeah, the yeah. magic might be right after. You never know. Yeah, let that bad audio fly. The magic, like, you know, even in Hollywood, they thrive on happy accidents. True. You see? So you might find your happy accident in that mistake. Yes. <laughs> like, I think we've, we've already talked about Game of Thrones, but when they had the coffee cup, Mm-hmm. by mistake on the table of one of the scenes. Mm-hmm. It went viral and everyone was talking about it. I think they added a million new viewers to the show. Exactly. A happy mistake. Yeah. Yeah. With good re- rewards. So Very at the end of the rewards. day, don't, don't be scared of making the mistake. You see, like even if you watched Banter, the first episode, mm-hmm. the first episode is, is is not like the other episodes. You might say everything you want to say about the first episode. Even the host was like, no, we should not post this. Right. Let's, let's do another one. Let's call him again. I'm like, no. He can't repeat word for word what he said here. True. Because there's something you 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 brought out of him when you were having this conversation that just stays with this conversation. Yes. You see. So go with it the way it is. I love that. I love and that. And the audience will like it as we go. I'm so interested to know um because you you seem very I don't know what the word right is to use. Like stable, like meant, like you know exactly who you are and where mm-hmm. you want to go and the things that you want to do mm-hmm. and you're just looking for the right people to work with. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious about like mental health and wellness and whether you approach that with intention and you're like even na video nafanyanga mimi naendanga therapy ama mimi ukimbia asubuhi ama mimi what is your method and what would you describe wellness for you as a filmmaker does it exist are you just born stable ama una act say yeah <laughs> actually i'm glad you asked that question because we don't talk about it we only talk about the work 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 yeah. the money 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 right. but there's now the mental wellness that now makes you be more productive exactly now for me i don't take my mental wellness for granted I actually worked on a documentary about mental wellness. Oh. It's actually that what made me now realize, oh, you need to take your mental wellness for seriously. For, for real, for real, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not what makes you productive and makes you be a high performance performing individual mm-hmm. if you are one. So, for me, my mental wellness is I always derail, I always detach myself from work. Because I know after working for 10 years in the space, I know my work days. Right. So the days that are not my work days, I know those days I am doing thing related with film. Okay. It might be going out to have a meal with friends, it might be working out, it might be uh going even out, it might be chilling with family, mm. anything that you, it's convenient for you at the time yeah. that you're able to do. That way <clears throat> you disassociate you, your 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 work life with your social life. You need to get that balance. Because I remember when I was starting out um that period between 2014 to 2018. Mm-hmm. I was so much indoors, you know, just learning the technique, learning the craft, mm-hmm. learning everything. I, Working I, I, all the yeah, time. Researching into everything, knowing the roles, everything I needed to know. Yeah. And it was intense. Right. And then once I now started now bringing all this knowledge into the real world, I realized now that's just a small percentage you've learned of what you ah. need supposed to do. The remaining percentage is actually nothing related to what you're actually doing. And then I took a certain filmmaker I love. She's called Ava Duvani. Uh-huh. I bet you guys know her. Love Ava. Yeah, Ava, very obsessed with her. Ava says <laughs> her process for writing is she lives life. 
I think I saw her say yes yeah. because she was like that's where it comes from so yeah, if I'm not outside with people yeah. and doing things and living life and meeting people how am I going to write about them exactly I have gotten my best I've gotten inspiration for some of my ideas from just having conversations with people who are not filmmakers at all mm. None, nothing to do with film they say something and I'm like oh hmm cool something I'm there. doing that when I get back to the studio <laughs> <laughs> You see, so live life. Live I'm life. so happy that you've said that. It's it's a simple formula, but it's like you have to force yourself to do it. And I think yes. the biggest thing in what you've said is there shouldn't be a separation no matter what the career you've picked is. So in normal career there's leave days or mm-hmm. off off days um if you work through the weekends or things like that. And for you you've set them up for yourself and yes. you respect them and you take them seriously. Yes. So if today you're supposed to work half the day, you're working half the day. Yes. If you were meant to chill, rest, play a sport, whatever it is, it's happening. Yes. And work will and still be there mm. when I'm done. Yes. like that even even you know, know i had to even define work hours for myself you also need to define your work hours because earlier on when i was starting out clients would even call at midnight like oh yo could you make changes to cg time what x yeah. and y and like dude it's midnight what are we doing here yeah what are we doing here you, you couldn't wait till 9am or 6am in the morning the next day yeah because whatever it is can wait yeah so you know when you're starting out you're excited about creating true But then you know as you continue growing into it you realize it's not only about that. Yeah. It's about the to, entire balance. Oh, when I started working <laughs> in media I was just the same mm-hmm. and um my husband who was my boyfriend then was the guy who told me babe imagine you need to have a time in your head yes. where you can be on your phone yes for your own happiness but there's no text or call coming in that you're going to answer. Yes. Because people get used to it. So yes. if you're always texting back at 10, you're always texting back at 1 a.m. People will be like, "We are not going to always available." Yeah. If you get them used to after mm-hmm. nine, you're not really going to answer the message is still there. You'll respond in the morning. Then mm-hmm. they also get accustomed to it. To They're that. like, hey, "Yeah, this yes. is a human. She has a life." Yes. So there's yes. no way I'd expect her to be there for me no matter how late it is. Yes. <sighs> so at the end Brian of the day, you're the one who defines your yeah. men, your, 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 your how you want yeah, yeah. your time spent and yes. your value. Yeah. Do you have a time where you can look back and say, "Oh, that was my darkest day in filmmaking." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was one dark day. Who we were shooting a music video. I'm not going to mention names because now this one involves artists. <laughs> Let me protect their egos. <laughs> very fragile. <laughs> and see, I told you I started out as a music video director. Yes, yes, yes. When you're a music video director, the biggest role you have is a, as a babysitter. <laughs> because there are egos you have to protect. Right. So, and then characters on set, the, the videos sometimes sometimes you have only one person. Exactly. But most of the time it's a number of people. Yeah, most of the and this time round it was a number of proper celebrities. Okay. So these dudes knew we were supposed to shoot from 4 p.m. to get those nice cool sunset shots. Uh-huh. The ones that were made popular by Enosolik music videos back in the day. You know, golden hour. Yeah, golden hour shots. Mm-hmm. So we've planned everything and you know golden hour is fleeting. Yes. When it comes very you know, quick. Second, it's out. So we've planned everything nicely. We know we, we we need our setup to be done by three, our talent to be on location by around 4:30, uh-huh. such that by five we are rolling with the remaining light. So by the time we are getting into the thick of golden hour, we're already comfortable inside the shots. Yes. So everything sounds good. <laughs> the artists who are meant to be there for the first scenes were there. Okay. Now the ones who are to join later on were not there. Oh no. So we are like it's still 4 p.m. So it's fine. We can mm. give them. 
Sometimes. You can extend an olive branch to five. Let's keep shooting this. So we keep shooting. 5.30 gets, uh, and, now, and now start getting worried. You know, it's time is about, we are about to get done now. Yes, with the golden now. yes. Because once it gets to six, that sun dips, like yeah, it's being chased away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's a night video. Yeah, now it becomes nighttime. Mm-hmm. So, hey, where are these guys? Where, where, where is this guy? Why are you coming? Like, it, it doesn't, no one is coming. It gets to six. You're like, how? Oh, you've missed this one. Menda. <laughs> Menda Menda. And then, you know, we're like, we've given up. You're like, this guy will never come back again. Yeah. So we decide to close the set and go home. So when you're on our way back home, we get a call from the manager. Yo, your talent is ready now to get this done. <laughs> That's around <laughs> around 11, 11 p.m. in the night. No. Yeah, around 11 p.m. Your talent is ready to get this done. So we come back to location. You're like, we don't care now what shots we are getting. We no longer care. Just get us a cool location around where you are. We'll light it up and film away. Yeah. So we get there, 11 a.m., we set up the lights. The talent is not there. So I call the manager again. I ask them, you said your talent is here. Uncle like, yeah, we are on our way. We are on our way. Actually, I meant we are on our way. It gets to around 1, p- 1 a.m. in the morning. Talent is still not there. We are still waiting. I call again. Wait, where are you guys? I'm so upset. <laughs> yeah, you guys. What? This guy shows up at four in the morning. <gasps> four a.m. drunk as yeah the neighborhood, the, the village madman. Right. Properly plastered. <gasps> and you're supposed to film him for that scene. We filmed. I was like, yeah, I've waited, I've waited for so many hours. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, you should have been asleep because even yeah. from when you closed, you could have slept and come at 4 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason that was the darkest day was because apart from the hours that we spent waiting for this talent to arrive on location, mm-hmm. he arrives on location, he now starts directing the same stuff again. He's <laughs> like, no, do this like the way Quentin Tarantino does stuff. I'm like, dude, come on now. You've kept us here for hours and then you now you're the director. Again. Yeah, now you're directing again. I was like, you're getting what you're getting. Do what People I am saying. Actually take your offer rides. What? <laughs> and you know, I think it's because I was a first-time director he was working with. Mm. So he was taking advantage of that mm. in my book. That's yeah, how I saw yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. So the reason it was the darkest day because I remember my business partner and I were now driving from the location back now to the studio to yeah. go edit the material we'd captured. Right. And we were sleeping on the road as we go. <sighs> Yeah. We were on Thicker Road. And I Exhaustion. remember. Exhaustion. Exhaustion. I remember that day we came all the way on Thicker Road. We came to Waiyaki Way because our studio is in Karen. Mm-hmm. We didn't want to go via Ngong Road because we knew Ngong Road is a bit chaotic with traffic and all that stuff. And we were we were not the steadiest of hands and that day. And it's now early morning and everyone's yes. going to work. So yes. it's jam-packed. Yes, it's jam-packed. And you know, most of the music videos would shoot on Sundays because, you know, Sundays are less busy. Right. So that on Monday, people rest. And even up to date, Mondays are usually my rest days. Mm. So it was on a Monday morning. We were supposed to be resting. We were on our way back home. We were driving as we were sleeping. Oui, oui, we parked oui, somewhere, oui. I think. Was it Ola or somewhere on Wayaki Way? Yeah. Just to get a coffee. We actually even asked the, the guard there, let us sleep just for one hour here. And then we'll have some coffee and leave. We paid him something and that's what we did. That was a very smart decision yeah. because it would have meant maybe not making it a Karen. Yeah. Because sleep, yeah. sleep is, that's why they have rules for even drivers and pilots, how many hours you can operate for. Yes. Sleep is part, if you have not slept, your body will sleep. Yeah, it will shut down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it will shut down. 
Shame on you. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's that's the <laughs> worst I've ever that had. Was. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's quite the experience, my word. Yeah, but the rest have been small fights that I've been able to manage since that I think. <laughs> that's where my producer instinct kicked in now. <laughs> that's why things got really really good. Yeah. I want you to talk to us about um a love lost in a filmmaking. Love lost. A love lost in filmmaking. Hmm. Is it losing in a love in terms of a human or love lost it in terms of interest? It could be a human, it could be interest, it could be item. Hey, I think I, I, I have not experienced that yet for now. But the one love that I lost was one project that uh, we we were we were meant to work on but didn't happen. Ah. It, it was one of those projects you know I'm passionate about music and uh, sports. Okay. So this project was combining a bit of all those elements Ooh. that I love and uh, unfortunately because of the situation between our producer who was handling us at that time and uh, the writer of the show um the project didn't happen. Oh. So we were dropped as the production crew another crew was picked up which actually still worked for the project yes okay. but it was a project that i really loved that i really invested really wanted in. to do yeah that i really wanted to do because it had the the, the basic foundations of things that i love the most uh, i think that's mostly what i can say was the love loss that i've had in film most of the stories are actually positive okay and uh, you know school trained me to be a problem solver so when there are problems i'll solve it so and you move yeah. yeah crisis will be averted 90% of the time i really like that yeah just to give some contrast a brightest day a day that you were like man i love filmmaking this is exactly what i'm supposed to be doing and today was amazing the day i directed my first music video having another scene, somebody else frame the shot for me It was for this boy band called Kelele Takatifu at that time. Uh-huh. The music video is called Ngori. Oh, I you've heard of it. Video. Yes, yes, yes. And the reason it was the best days because we had never used a steady cam. During that period in time, I wanted to do a one take. Uh, I wanted to do a one take kind of video where the camera does not cut at any one point. Right. Everything just happens and reveals in front of the camera as we go. So I'd written down everything and uh, you know I, in my head in my head at that time I thought I'd mostly use the environment to my advantage yes. for that but I didn't know it was such a high end such a high budget music video at that time right but we made it work with so much less because the first location we had was to film in town in the CBD mm-hmm. unfortunately on that sunday it rained oh so I asked the artists you know where can we find another location that can help us do our stuff right so, you know the, the artists were very industrious they sent themselves out they went found out found a place somewhere in machakos all the way we went to athi river what to shoot that music video yeah, it was shot in some estate somewhere in athi river uko the reason that project was the best for me is because i remember the person who was dipping that is my business partner right now oh nice uh, he had never dipping used... is director of photography yes director of photography <laughs> sorry <laughs> so he was he was he was he had never used a steady cam And during that period of time we never even had we, well we had gimbals these electronic ones but we didn't have the pistol grip right like the Ronins now now everybody got it yeah we had the move instead the one that was being held to oh, like with two both that. hands yes 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 but it was mighty expensive to have it on set it was like around 20,000 at that time mm. you know you guys are starting you don't have 20k just to splash on a gimbal yeah so we were like no we are going to hire the cheapest we can find so we found a steady cam for 5g's you're like bro That's you, it. You, that is the one we are going with <laughs> and you're going to learn operating it on the job. Yes. So 
he learned operating it on the job and meanwhile I was there reading my script telling people what to do on location I had even somebody the person who was doing the behind the scenes shout out which is the camera shout out <laughs> he actually ended up being Raila's official photographer oh wow shout well out Dims yes he was the one who was doing behind the scenes so somehow I got him to come on set to do the behind the scenes and also just to give you back story you don't go to just a slight digression is yeah. you remember the project i was saying the happy video yes he was actually even the official photographer for that happy video oh i love it so at that time i actually noticed i had a knack for producing because i put together a team that works very well that works very well so i already knew who could be the behind the scenes photographer yes. who directed because i had a friend of mine who was directing it yeah um uh, my business partner was the one who was the dp Uh, the photographer who I just shouted out was the one Dims he was the one who was doing the behind the scenes so now we brought him back again now for this music video so he was the one who was doing that so for me the reason it was very impressive for me is because everything came together as yeah, I thought about it yeah and it worked out yeah but the one thing that didn't come together as I thought about it was the production design Oh. Yeah, if you yeah, look at the video we just to, worked with the environment. Whatever was there, but yes. you even had to change set so it was a whole thing. Yeah. Lo- change location mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah. Ah. So yeah, that's the most I can say was my most like epic moment when I was doing when I was starting out. Yeah. yeah. I think we're going to have to get you again to talk about <laughs> taxes in <laughs> film. Um because you've been overheard doing a lot when it comes to that. But um on the podcast we've been doing um questions uh-huh. from one artist to another. Oh. So there was a question where somebody wanted to know if you could go back to school specifically knowing what you know now. What would you add? What would you study that would help you be further? The business of film, the business of entertainment. Right. The reason I say that for example is because you know entertainment is also a business, but we look at it as mostly as an art. Yeah, the expression. Yeah, the expression of yeah. We, well, I came to learn that that's a very small percentage of the entire <laughs> thing. So, if given a chance if I would go back to school, I'd want to know everything to do with uh just even how to split royalties yeah. how to distribute a film how to you know uh, remunerate crew in certain ways and how to agree you know in the field of land sometimes you know uh, you don't have to have money monetary gains only True. it can be in kind also yes you see so learning that balance when and where to do that just basically understanding how better because you see for example like uh, Warner Bros for example yeah Warner Bros you might find they never own a single camera ah but they are a very profitable company right you see how are they profitable exactly. they only distribute films yes you see so it's it's a whole facet it's, it's everything there's everything to, you can learn on the business of entertainment and that i think is what i can want to spend more time with now Yeah I was thinking you had talked about um exposure and how it's so important and mm. if the business of film or the business of art was taken more seriously um we we were having a background conversation about how these things should even be in law and everybody should have contracts and know exactly what's expected exactly. of them yes. and even if I know I am the intern on set or I am um, I'm here for exposure but i know i'm protected in the sense of maybe my transport is being compensated exactly i'm being fed well mm-hmm. i'm on set mm-hmm. and i'm allowed to take notes i'm allowed to record on the set you know just like little things that are still payment mm-hmm. or artists doing butter trade that mm-hmm. one of okay i can't yes. afford um to pay brian for him to film this and this and this for me mm-hmm. but 
we can exchange services. Yeah. So Brian will come film this and I come host episodes of this, this. and this for him. And yes. all of us are happy and everybody got what mm. it is that they value needed. Value for value. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Last and not least, I want to I want you to close your eyes and just imagine Kenyan film industry, the one that you dream of, not the one that we're in the reality right now. Mm-hmm. Perhaps 10 years from now. What does it look like? For me it looks like we have set up studios like Tyler Perry kind of studios oh, yes. across the board. We are having films like we are producing like a thousand and something films in a year mm. or even more in a month. We are having people constantly moving from set to set. You see you, you, you like there's no downtime. Yes. Actors are you know actors are even having representation. You see yeah. Uh, oh yeah like you have an agent. Yeah, you have an agent. Things, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you see like we are having our staff our films and our projects on the chart on the box office yes. things like that we are having like our own kind of award shows that recognize our brilliance and our own we are having innovation even in this film you see like how Christopher Nolan had to make the special IMAX camera to film Avatar yes we have the brains to do that to do that That's also for so our stuff true. yeah and then you you'd be able to see an african film and you'd know this film is from this place just yeah. from the first couple of seconds yeah, of you just know already that is so and so who's done that stuff that's the kind of industry I'm, i'm seeing like a whole like a holistic industry where we even having trained labor or trained personnel people are leaving school coming and joining the industry from real training yes not those small certification courses that we are doing right now yeah like even the government has incorporated whatever we are doing right now into the curriculum you see because they are now starting to tax us yes. like you as a, if this podcast might live on the internet yeah. there's something called DST now yep. with the new finance tax when it, once it goes digital service yeah. tax now withholding in mepanda exactly <laughs> so if if you're having DST there in the process yes now government will tax us but now True. we also need to tell government what now works for us yes. so we also need to even have associations you see like even oh, is it sagra or biafra or something yeah yeah the, the ones who, who on strike yeah mm-hmm. you see those associations yeah We need to have such kind of representation now also that now also just makes the ecosystem whole. Yeah. Such that you know you can't speak to government as an individual but That's you can true. speak here yeah, to government yeah. as an association. As an association. Yeah. yeah, there's power in numbers. Yeah, so we need to have even more associations for cinematographers, production designers, photographers, everyone in the in the, in the space needs to be there. We ju- we just need to move this thing from a gig based economy yeah to an actual actual, actual creative economy. Actual real creative yeah. economy. Ah, Brian, thank you for coming on. What is the question that you would want another artist to answer? They could be in any sphere of the business, but what would you want to know from them? What would they want to know? So you're <laughs> saying I'd be a bit a little nosy? Yeah, please. <laughs> Very nosy by all means. Well, you know, from from what from from my experiences, I would like to know your biggest points of failure. Yeah. Because I feel like in failure is where we learn. True. So if Whatever I would want to learn from any other artist is what was your biggest point of failure mm. and how did you what did you learn from it and how did you get out of it in case you addressed it yeah, yeah yeah if you were able to hack what did you do yeah because successes are successes That's yeah, a great question yeah. you don't learn anything from a success it's true you're failure. just happy yeah you're just happy <laughs> but a failure you know oh I bungled this project and this is where I bungled it now that is where you learn if Somebody was to be as late on set as that time somebody was very late on your darkest day knowing what you know now. Mm-hmm. What do you do now? What do I do now? Of course there has to be some I had has to roll at some point. Right. But you know also <laughs> I learned from uh, a director called Victor Gatonye. Mm-hmm. 
when filming some when filming bunt actually he said you know as a director humans are your equipment you see the sound guy there he's playing with his things there his yes. mixers the cinematographer the dp director of photography is playing with his lenses you know everyone else has things to play with even the production manager has to play with this fabric and all but you know you have the talent you have the humans <laughs> so it's up to people it's now people's skills now yes, yes this person is late but your reaction to them is now what will determine your relationship moving forward so now you have to judge for yourself now best in that situation very true so do i want to maintain this relationship or i want to burn this bridge yeah because you know your immediate reaction is to burn the bridge right but then it's only human because at, even you as yourself the, the instances you become, you're, you're also let yeah 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 very you true know? so at the end of the day is to just assess the situation and see okay did you communicate yeah. when you said you are coming late right. do you have like a valid reason yes. if they don't have a valid reason maybe something has to roll maybe you say uh, maybe we'll deduct something from your rate yeah because of your tardiness or something yeah. or maybe we'll do this and that yeah so it's it's, it's if you're it's, not communicating you might not find us and we might not come by the yes, way exactly. end of story and you know I remember i told you talent is fragile yeah <laughs> because i also have this theory where i say you know brilliance is very fragile it needs to be handled in a particular way You know, brilliance is very uncontrollable. Yes. It doesn't like being controlled. Right. So, if you want it to work in your advantage, you have to control it in a way that it knows it's not being controlled. You have to be smart about it. Lazimo chese chini tu. Thank you so much, Brian Adagala. Um, thank you so and much. Thank you to Paragon Timelapse for letting us borrow this very, very busy human. <laughs> it's been a great conversation and I really, really appreciate you coming through. I am Susan Jeroge Awari and this is Skika Uncover. We're going to be seeing each other in future episodes, but I definitely have to shout out Paragon Time Labs once again and Penzigo Productions that is the production house that is doing this beautiful job that you're watching here. Skika Africa as well. Check them out on skikaafrica.com. Savannah Space who have given us this furniture. They are based in Lavington, so please look out for them. And I'm going to see you guys in the next episode. Ciao.